Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And you know what? This is a very luxurious, <laughs> call it a, a throne of sorts, <laughs> a Naugahyde throne. I didn't realize when I came in here how many jewels this uh, table would those have. Are not, those are not jewels. Those are stains uh, from people who have not cleaned them uh, cleaned up after uh, after eating here. Oh, that's but, right. That's just very hardened <laughs> raspberry syrup. Okay. Exactly. So, uh, that said, hello, Zicky. How are you? <laughs> oh, hey. I haven't got introduced yet. <laughs> I'm not giving you raspberry donuts, raspberry-filled donuts anymore. Aw. <laughs> so... Uh, so uh, we speaking of uh, thrones and important seating, mm-hmm. uh, places to sit uh, of great importance. Um, we're uh, that should be our that's our segue into our topic today. <laughs> uh, you've heard the the expression on good authority. Yes, uh, you know I have it on good authority that Deacon Jeff is you know whatever an excellent speaker, right? So uh, <laughs> if it's my authority, it doesn't count. But but the point is uh, on good authority. But I'm going to take it from a different perspective. What is it we're going to talk about? A good kind of authority, yeah, right. So ultimately, that's that's where we're going to go with this show, and we're and we're we're getting there because uh, of the this particular gospel reading that we have from the gospel according to Mark uh, in the tenth chapter of Mark, starting at thirty five, and we'll just kind of read through it here. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, "Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you." He replied, "What do you wish me to do for you?" They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it is not. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. There's a there. lot of stuff there. So let me just, uh, I want to start with a little short story. It's actually quite touching, kind of a beautiful story. Uh, and uh, it, this calls this to mind. It's about Im- important seats or important mm. places to sit. Um, and uh, there's a great rivalry in the state of Tennessee between uh, two schools, universities. The University of Memphis, the Tigers, go Tigers. Go Tigers! Yes, and uh, the University of Tennessee, the Volunteers. Oh, they are in this state, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. They're at the other <laughs> end of the state. And, uh, and so there's a big rivalry. Well, th- it wasn't long ago that Memphis uh, Tigers were had an undefeated basketball season going. And UT came to town. They were like, Memphis was ranked number one. Uh, UT was ranked number two or something like that. And it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and so when they came to town, the FedEx Forum, uh, there was not an open seat 
in the house. It was completely sold out. It wow. was incredible. You couldn't get a seat. You, at any price, you could not get a seat. Luckily, I didn't have any kind of season tickets, but I knew somebody who said, dude, I can't go. Do you want to go? Oh, wow. And so I went, and they were ex- incredibly good seats. They were, uh, you know, they were really at um, half court. Wow. You know, eight or, yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful seats. So I go and I sit down, and the game starts. And I notice there's a woman sitting uh, like to to the right of me. Yeah. And to her right, there's an empty chair. And I'm thinking, well, you know, someone hadn't shown up yet. Whatever. They're coming, though. They're probably at the concession stand, whatever. First quarter goes, uh, and our first half is, is almost in. Uh, and there's still no one there. Mm. And so I said, ma'am, is, is that seat empty? And she's, it was quite touching. She said, well, n- yes, but this was my husband's seat. Oh. This was my husband's seat, and, and uh, uh, he's recently deceased. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've had these season tickets since we were married. Wow. And I'm like, that is so beautiful. And I, I asked her, I just said, was there no one in the family that like wanted to sit there, you know, in his place? And she said, oh, no, 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 they're at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Did I get you? <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just love that joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that didn't happen. That by did the way. not happen for anybody about to write an email. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. But it does speak a lot about important seats and and, yes. and why seats are important, you know, half court, you know, big time basketball game, whatever. Uh and who gets to sit in that seat, etc. But let me just say uh, that this uh gospel that we just read right. from Mark, here are James and uh, John, the sons of Zebedee. The Sons of Thunder. Yes, right? So uh the Thunder Squad, you know, uh they're 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 like saying, Hey Jesus. Yeah. So you're like a walk in lottery ticket. Yeah. So we're gonna ask some stuff, you know, and I'm sure that like uh uh Simon was asking for, you know, a nice new jacket or something, yeah. you know. Judas probably asked for a new money bag. I don't know. They're everybody's saying like, Hey man, ask him because he'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> and they and they said, "Hey, uh, we want something." Will you right. get? And so Jesus, I mean, you know, Jesus is always he's he's so good. He's always <laughs> <clears throat> playing along, right. right? He's just going along with them, and he's like, "They're like, hey, we want you to give us something. We want you to give us whatever we want." He goes, "What do you want?" Right? He's like, "Well, you know what? When when w- in in heaven, we want to sit at your left and your right." Yeah. Uh, you know, and so he's like, um, "Well." Are you willing to do what is necessary right. to, well, first of all, to go to heaven? I mean, is that yeah. right? And, and so so it, it's interesting because they don't realize what he did to them there. Right. But he said, like, can you, like, drink of the cup that I'm going to drink? Can you be baptized in the way that I'm going to be baptized? Yeah. Yeah, baptized in blood. Right. Right. And we, we know that in hindsight because we're looking at it. But they're like going, yeah, but we get to sit right next to him, yeah. you know. And so they're they're thinking that they're thinking that right. they're thinking power and authority and like John and J- James sitting left and right of Jesus. That's way better than the keys to the to the kingdom. Yeah, that yeah, Peter whatever. Got, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he got the keys that unlock the door, and they come in and they see us sitting on the throne, <laughs> you know. And 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 they don't even know what they're asking for. Right. So Jesus is saying, look, here's what you're asking for: to drink the cup that I drink. And to be baptized in the way that I'm going to be baptized. They're like, sure, that's it. <laughs> We're kind of thirsty, you know? <laughs> right. And baptism, whatever this thing is, we'll do that too. Right. Right? So I don't think they realized what happened. Like when he, 
when he dropped the the hammer on him. Right. And, and he says these things. He says he said to them, "The cup that I drink, you will drink." Right. Right. And uh, with the baptism baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's basically prophesying and saying, "Yeah, you're, it's going to happen to you." And we know that they do die. Yes. I mean, they are martyred. Yeah, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be martyred. Yeah, exactly. Or actually, it was, it was James and John? So I guess John, his martyrdom was it ended up with well, being in the, well, in the prison. Then, right? Well, but, but still, but still, that's still not fun. It's going to be. It's going to be rough. <laughs> yes, it's going to be rough for the two of them. And and we we know that. And here's the thing. He's saying that to them, and they're like, "Oh, okay." You know, but they, but, but then he goes on to say, yeah, but who sits there? That's not up to me. Anybody. It's like, this is, this is part of like destiny. What, what, this is what God has revealed to be true. And who's going to be sitting, who sitteth on the throne in heaven. And and let's also, I think it's, as we kind of conceptualize this, it's important to realize there's other evidence in scripture that like God cares about. Authority, not just like heavenly authority, but like, you know, through Paul, we hear uh, the, uh, you know, we're supposed to pray for our earthly leaders because they've yeah. been, they've been there. They have their, they have authority that is there. God has given them authority, you know, to, uh, you know, pass laws and to govern us. And we're supposed to pray for them regardless of whether we, you know, and in, in this Regardless of whether we support them, regardless in, in a democratic society whether you voted for them, you're supposed to pray for them, and it comes from the fact that God, He does have a, an orderly authority based sort of system, so to speak, you can say, uh, in which power is distributed. Right. So there's nothing wrong with. I mean, He's not saying there's something wrong with authority. No, right. And there is authority there involved is. here. But basically, what James and John have done is asked to sit on the throne. Right. In other words, they've 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 asked to be crowned. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's and that that that's where it starts to get to be problematic. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. Because J- Jesus is actually trying to help them understand what true authority, what good authority is. Yeah. Hence the title on good authority. Uh, you know what what is real true uh, good authority? Right. Right. What's it based on? Well, Jesus is essentially saying it's the opposite of what you think. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so this idea that uh, hey, I'm going to give you all little sheriffs badges, and you're going to be sheriffs deputies in heaven. Right, right. We got authority. We got a shiny badge, and it's like that's not what gives you authority. Right, authority is not given you because you sit in a chair. Right, because you're at the you know center court, <laughs> you know at the <laughs> big basketball game. Right, that's not why. That's not the that's not the chair of authority. That's not the seat yep. of authority. And then he goes on to explain that. Now, of course, there's always grumbling amidst the the apostles. I, I think these guys were always hungry. That's a that's a theory I have. They, <laughs> they seem to always be grumbling. They kind of seem like <laughs> hobbits, you know. Like yes. give us a, give us a seat. One at your right, and one at your left. You know, yes. sort of, <laughs> exactly. Like, Happy go lucky naivete. You know? That's exactly right. Well, so they they uh, they they're you know now they're they they suffer the ire of the rest of the apostles. Yeah. Who are going? Hey, stop. Yeah, you know, stop! What, what are you doing? Then, and so Jesus summons them, uh, you know, and says, um, "All right, look, I'm going to tell you all something. Y'all need to sit. He's always teaching. Yes, everybody, sit down. Don't touch each other. Don't say anything to each other. You know, but stop chewing. Stop doing everything, and listen to me. <laughs> listen, children. And exactly. And so then he then he basically uh, it kind of lets them know, um, and he helps them understand that, like you you know, that the rulers over the Gentiles. 
right? He says that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones make their authority over them felt, but it shall not be so among you. So here, now he's saying like, well, wait, 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 wait. What y'all think authority is, it's not. And so the rulers of the Gentiles, they're going to say, hey, this is authority. I have authority. I'm wearing the big hat. I'm wearing the big uh, 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 coat. I'm wearing uh, all these things. I have the rings. I have the the various uh, sash. I'm girded with this, that, this, that, and the other thing. Yep. You know, it's like I have I have all of the signs of authority. Yep. And what Jesus is actually saying is they don't have authority. Mm. Not in the way that that these guys are asking for authority. Right. So to sit at the right and the left, at the hand, you know, at the on the throne right. or next to the throne. That's that's not something that you uh, that you that you're just assigned that's your seating and now suddenly you have authority. That line gets skipped a lot. You know, we jump to to be the greatest of all is going to be the, the slave of all, or the servant right. of all. You know, but this notion of don't lord your authority over others, don't make your authority felt. You know, I I don't think I've ever really heard a homily that really unpacks that and meditates on that because it's not just political authority parents have authority there's authority within family relationships there's authority in work relationships there's all kinds of different ways pastors have authority so there's all sorts of different ways in which not just in political senses right or in the heavenly kingdom that that there's authority out there in the world and many of our listeners have authority in some one way or another all of us every one of us have some sort of authority somewhere You know, even if it's at the the ladies' altar guild, you know, or the uh, the National Philatelist Society meeting, you know, you're the bookkeeper yes. for stamp collectors or yes. whatever your local chapter. You there there is authority everywhere that you that you go. Someone has some authority, and th- you're right. Th- this is the challenge. How do you not let authority be felt? Yeah, because I I have to say I I struggle as well there as a parent, father of nine, mm-hmm. right? As a deacon in, in the Catholic Church, um, certainly as a, a, a director who works for the chancery, uh, there are people that I will say like, well, you know what? I have decided that this is the way to go, right? Right, and how I phrase that makes a huge difference about yeah. whether I'm lording something over, like shh, Deacon Jeff is about to speak, right. Or is it more like, hey, so let's do a little listening here. Let's yeah. let's talk about this. Let's let's come together in, in agreement. Even though I know what needs to be done, or I, I I sense a direction we need to go in, right? How do I do that in a way that's authoritative, like a genuine good authority, right? Authority that actually comes from God. In other words, it's God's authority, right. not mine. How do I do that? And that's a that's an everyday challenge. You know, and I think that the reason Jesus says what he says here, I think it has to do with the relationship with, with God's love of freedom. You know, freedom with a capital F. The the freedom of, of Christ. You know, we hear that word, um, you know, stated a lot of times, but a lot of times we might not know what that means and why freedom is important. But freedom, there's a line from Pope John Paul II when he was... Uh, Cardinal uh, Watia, and and I think it was in Love and Responsibility, he said, uh, freedom is the means, love is the end. That our freedom is brought to perfection in love. And God is love, right? So God moves through freedom. Like I like to think of love and and, and God, you know, uh, that 
you know, love moves through uh, freedom like a like a wave travels through a medium, yes. right? And God moves through freedom, so He gives us that freedom, and sometimes we don't use it well, right? right. But when He gives us that freedom, it's a it's a space of invitation within our will that we can invite Him to move through us, yes. right? And so He, in terms of not letting the authority be felt, God wants us to uh, He wants us to choose good. Not because we're, we're, we're scared we're going to get slapped upside the head. He wants us to choose good because we know in our heart it's right. That he has right. brought us to, to our, our freedom to perfection in love, in him. And it's, and it's vitally important that freedom be there to be able to make that choice. Because if you can't choose that, then you don't know that, right. that, that, that love or that good is good. Right? You have no clue because all you have is you have no option. The, the way I always use as a sort of a descriptor when I'm talking to young people, I, I talk about marriage and say, let's say, you know, Billy loves Sue and, they're, and then, that he loves her. So if he were to, like, point a shotgun at her and, and, and pardon the violent example, but the point is, uh, if he were to, to, to threaten violence right. and say, do you love me? Yeah. Now, what is she going to say? I mean, odds are she's probably going to say yes. Right, unless she's a really strong-willed person who doesn't love him, if it's a rotten thing for him, something, something to do. But the point is, yeah, is that yes? Is that true love? The answer is no. No. Right. So because that because that question of do you love me uh, has that extra added danger associated with it. In other words, there's a lack of free will for her to choose whether she loves him or not. So it's not a free choice. It's not free will. It's not her choice to love. So it's not love. You know, and as you say that, one thing that comes to mind, you know, we have, there's some division within the church over uh, how to how to interpret that line from, from Paul, which is like, wives submit to your husbands. And, and, you know, and I think if you look at the original Greek, there's reason to say that submit to one another is a very valid interpretation of that scripture. Well, that's actually a line from the, it, that, that discourse starts with husbands and wives submit to each other. Yeah. It actually says and that. It actually also says that straight right. up. Yeah, Which I don't like the, to read. To my wife, I, I skip that part. Go right to the other because really, all the deal the deal is I just want a sandwich made for me whenever I want. Is that wrong, Sam? <laughs> well, I think I, you know as I'm processing what we're discussing here with that, it's like you know what, guys. No matter because there's a lot of division over that line, and, and people get really angry and, and yes. emotional over that yes. line, right? But like, let's say you know if you're somebody who feels very strongly that that needs to be read in the way of wives submit to your husbands. I would ask you, I would challenge you respectfully and lovingly to re, to to think about that position against the light of what Jesus is saying here of don't lord your authority over others and and make your authority be felt, right? And what does that mean? You know, so if you're someone who really feels strongly that a husband has this like exclusive authority where he can demand submission, okay? Well, just because you got that if that's what you believe does jesus want you to lord that over your wife that's right your authority be felt yeah exactly he says it shall not be so right right? this is (laughs) this will shall not be so um but also you know also in ephesians i mean there's actually a remedy for that right there in in the scriptures that people fully read Right. right where wives have been to your husbands right um where it says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. So how did Christ love the church? By dying. By dying. By dying yeah. for her. So, yeah. So how to make your authority not felt is how about you die for your wife? Yeah. Right? So all kidding aside about sandwiches, I need to make my wife a sandwich. She she deserves a sandwich much more than me. And, and the honest truth is that I need to die 
to her for her on her behalf so that I can present her all right to the father yes. uh, you know un, unwrinkled unstained right as as a beautiful soul that I have I have protected and guarded and loved uh, to heaven. That's my job. And if that means watching Downton Abbey instead of the Tigers game, you know. <laughs> okay, I like both. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I like both. Um, so, so this idea of freely choosing, um, we have. There are so many obstacles nowadays. Because here's the thing: what a lot of people don't realize is that when authority is felt, it actually interferes with freedom. Yep. By nature. I mean, right. it's like, so if the boss says no, you no longer have that choice. Right. So what if the boss says, what are we going to do about this? Let's come to a, an agreement together. You have the freedom to choose what to do. Right. And that's a whole different way of 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 uh, presenting authority in a way that like, well, I'm, I'm going to listen to the boss because he's he's getting there's some wisdom there. So one of the reasons also, like my favorite professors that I ever had, either in undergraduate or in law school, were ones who were really masters of the Socratic method. And I think part of the reason for it is they were such experts, such masters at being able to ask you in particular the exact questions that needed to be asked for you to find within yourself. Like Sam, what are you doing in this class? (laughs) That was typically how they began. But yeah, but help you find that yes. truth yes. yourself because it's one thing to try to teach something to somebody, as we said a couple of weeks ago. It's another thing to try to learn something. Experiential from learning yeah. allow them to to take ownership. Yes, of of this material, and that it becomes right. So so that's that's exactly right. And so uh, I, I also think that we should talk just for a minute or two about the idea of what true authority and good authority looks like. Does that mean that all people in authority should be wimps? No. Yeah, yeah. No. Right. So what does it not mean? Right. So so what does the ideal leader look like? Do they look like a person that like, I don't know what do y'all think? That's that's not what we're talking about here. Right. Right. There is so I, I think people are attracted to to true authority. And I'm talking about the the, where they can see the Lord working in somebody, even if they don't define it as the Lord, yeah. even in a secular job, you know, when you're a good boss, people are like, you know, he's a good guy. He actually cares about me. Right. He cares what I think. He, he listens to me. Yes. He understands me, my background, whatever. He trusts me, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Those are, those are qualities that essentially uh, allow for free will yes. in that workspace. But at the same time, for you to be knowledgeable of those things and have a working relationship, you can actually exercise an authority, exercise authority in a way that's not lorded over. Right. Because nobody likes that certain boss who comes in and says, well, you know what we're going to do on Wednesdays? We're all going to wear orange hats. Why? Right. <laughs> just because I said so. Right. Right. And it's like, wow, okay. This guy just starts making rules. Nobody wants a rule maker. Which I think was a problem with the Pharisees. I think everyone recognized that, and the leaders over the Gentiles, right? You know, and so that's why true authority is the authority that is given to us through Jesus Christ, right? Through the ministry of the church by God Himself. Well, and I think also if you look at Catholic political thought and the and the concept of subsidiarity that things are best done at the local level, yes. you know, I think that there's there's wisdom connected to this as well because. It's hard to really feel seen and feel heard uh, if 
all the big decisions are just being dropped down from above yes. by someone who's far off who doesn't even know who you are. We have another email. Another <laughs> email has come in with a new rule, new edict. Yes, yes. exactly. I remember that scene in Harry Potter uh, with uh, Dolores Umbridge or whatever who would like nail these. Uh, she nailed all these different things up to the wall every time there's a new law. And, yeah. and the wall was filled with all these rules. Right? Nobody likes that. Right. right? Rules are necessary. God made them. God in, in, in wants us to follow rules. But how we as uh, human beings uh, not lord authority over, that's important. Well, and also taking constructive feedback as a leader can empower you to give feedback uh, more fruitfully. Like there's right now a very popular uh, within like the software development world, that's a field that I'm in, uh, approach to management involves regular conversations with people who are the development teams at the table. And it's very common as a technique for for the, the weekly sessions to begin with. What didn't work this week? Yeah. You know, and and that's the manager literally asking his employees or her me? employees. Critique yes. me. Yes. You know, tell me what I did wrong. Yeah. And, and, and not so. It's not. It's not a gripe session. It's essentially an oper- an openness, right? If you have that level of trust. So really, essentially, good authority, true authority, is the authority of Jesus Christ. And how did Jesus Christ show that? What did he What did he say? What was the the last part? Uh, you know that that he helped us to see in, in in his gospel, and that is for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it's humility. It's like putting yourself on the cross as a leader, as an as an authority figure. Putting yourself on that cross. That's where the authority is going to come from, right? When you live Jesus in your life, people see that they recognize it. They'll love you for it. They trust you for it. Um, and then authority is now no, no longer quote unquote felt. It's not lorded over the people, right? right? So if you're a parent, if you're a boss, if you're a pastor, if you're a deacon, whoever you are, right? If if you come at it from a humble perspective, um, then I think good things are going to happen because they're going to connect that with with our Lord. They're going to see the beauty and the gift. And now authority is now rightfully placed. It's right, and it's rightfully uh, laid out in a way where God's authority can work in a situation, and we can trust the Holy Spirit to to manage situations. So that's what good authority is. That's what we're asking people to contemplate, to think about, uh, and those are really the words of the Savior Himself. Mm-hmm. And so, what we want to do is we want to ask the Blessed Mother, our Queen, yes, our Queen, uh, who has an authority, right, <laughs> to take our prayers to her Son. Yes. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.